kind of dealing with the Apostle Paul, Greco-Roman magic, and modern-day paganism. Um, we'll be looking at the scriptures and the aspect of the ministry of um, Saul, who uh, became the Apostle Paul, and King Solomon did rightfully state that there's nothing new under the sun um, when we look at what's occurring in a postmodern Christian age um, with uh, neo-paganism, this people, millennials, claiming that they are um, spiritual and other things and all um, that we see that are taking place in our society. We must be able to rightfully divide that by the word of God and also um, see it from a biblical worldview that's taking place where uh, we see the rise of the occult and witchcraft, especially if you rather like them or not being um, the president and being um, President Donald Trump. You saw the amount of witches who began to come out of the woodwork and begin to curse him and use spells and other things and all, which was uh, made popular through the media and being that bold and that brazen. And also what we've um, seen in latest studies that most millennials are leaning towards um, astrology and also to uh, quite a bit of young adults are leaving the Christian church and turn into alternative spirituality and all is just the sign of the times. And um, I'm not so sure that um, modern day American Christian church is um, equipped to deal with such issues because for so long we've been in um, our own little world, our own little church where um, we have good music and good preaching and we have the church culture and, you know, uh, doing the same old, same old, same old and want to escape persecution and get raptured out of here. Um, It's a lot that we can say about that, but let's go ahead and go to the scriptures and we want to go ahead and we're going to look at um, Acts chapter one. Verse eight, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come up on you and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria unto the other part of the earth. Now, we know back in May, um, Pentecostal Sunday, most Pentecostal denominations always celebrate that where um, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and um, speaking in tongues, which that is a uh, future lesson that we'll be doing. I do believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but some of the stuff that takes place in churches with um, he coming on a Honda and um, bunch of gibberish and other stuff is not 
the Holy Spirit, but primarily when you're looking at the day of Pentecost, just in in, in a context after um, Jesus spent, after his resurrection, spent time um, with his disciples, teaching them and um, ascending back up into heaven. And he made them a promise that he would send the comforter unto them. This is a prophetic has the tarrying room where you have you don't have to wait it's the holy spirit is a gift so you don't have to work for it but they spoke in languages that individuals can understand as the spirit of god gave them utterance and also too it's it was showing prophetically reversing what took place and when we look at genesis chapter 11 the tower of babel where um, Nimrod tried to set up a one world government, a one world religion and had a one world economic system where they had rebelled against God after um, God bringing Noah and his sons and their wives out from the flood. And so their languages were confounded where they couldn't understand. Also, to God, dis due to the fact that they're dis um disobedience and rebellion they were disinherited from from Yahweh and they were dispersed out into the different parts of the earth and then also to that's where you get principalities powers and principalities where these 70 um, angels went and ruled over these different um, these fallen angels rule over these these nations. So when the New Testament comes, it's incorporating um, Jews and Gentiles one together. There's when Paul talks about in Romans, uh, there's neither Greek nor Jew, male or no uh, female. It's reversing what what took place. Again, that's something that can be taught at a later, a later date. So it was primarily going and those who've been blinded by the God of this world and his cohorts, these principalities, it was going in to the uttermost part of the world and preaching the gospel and with the power of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and with deliverance where people will come out of darkness and come into the marvelous light. world so God calls a man by the name of Saul who's persecuting um, the church um, to be a witness for him but to also have a powerful profound ministry to go out and minister to the Gentiles now why I'm incorporating this because it's very relevant that's what's taking place during this time because we have to realize 
Um, it's kind of a culture shock to see what's going on in today's society that we see um, with sexual orientation being one of the things uh, with transgenderism and um, homosexuality and other things and all. Uh, when Judeo-Christianity began to pick up its speed, we have to understand in the Greco-Roman uh, world, um, during that time, magic was quite prevalent during that time in almost any society with the exception of the nation of Israel, which God pulled them out um, to be a nation of kings and priests unto him. Um, that's why he sets the standards when we look at the Torah. Um, these things were quite normal that, that took place and the worship of gods, which were demons, which we'll get a little bit more into. This is what's taking place in um, current society where people are much more into oneism versus um, twoism. Um, oneism is all is God, nature is God, is part of God, the animals are part of God, we're all part of God. Twoism is you have the creator and you have the creation. So God created everything and the creation is below God. So when we go over to Acts chapter 9, we see how Jesus Yeshua calls Paul into his service. We're going to look at verses 14 through 16. Amen. And it says, and he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is chosen. So this is a conversation because Paul is going down to Damascus. He gets the orders to go ahead and persecute um, Christians. And Jesus, Yeshua, knocks him off his horse. And he's like, okay, he sees the light. He sends him down to Ananias. And Ananias is like, man, this dude is ruthless. This dude is has done a lot of our people dirty. Um, I don't know. suffer for my name's sake. So here, here we see Paul, he gets the call, and then we see him actually being confirmed on that call in Acts chapter 13, where those elders or those groups of prophets who take out the time, they're praying in the spirit, they get the mind of God, they're not like um, telling Paul to give them a sow a seed and um, they'll tell him his future. And but no, they they get the mind of God. They fast. Um, the Holy Spirit reveals to them to separate Paul and Barnabas. And they begin to go out and disperse and they begin to take the word of God out into uncharted areas, into these Gentile areas, which were dominated by principalities and powers and demonic 
um, spirits that they had to encounter. So when we see in Paul's ministry, um, he has a lot of different power encounters that take place. So when we go over to Acts chapter 26, this is Paul in front of King Agrippa, verses 15 through 18. So Paul is, is he's pretty much, he's preaching to Agrippa, but he tells him in verse 15, he says, and I said, uh, he's, and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He says, but arise and stand up on thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the by faith that is in me. So again, we go back because these nations were um, at the Tower of Babel were disinherited and um, they were given a portion of these, again, these 70 angelic beings went out and were the gods over um, these nations, the representation of these nations. When we look at um, um, Daniel chapter 10, when we see how um, Michael goes to fight against the the prince of Persia, and he says, "I have to go back." And the prince of of Greece, or Greece, uh, will be up there. That's where you get this things, this mindset. This is how this this these cosmos are. This world system is actually actually structured. So. Paul is going because when when Yahweh God calls Abram out to be his own man, but to set apart his own people. We see that after the Tower of Babel takes place. Therefore, the the nation of Israel has no prince over there. Actually, their protector is the angel Michael, because because the nation of Israel is God's portion, is God's inheritance. So we see when the gospel goes out and takes place in charted areas, we look at places like India and Pakistan and other places like that, you have these demonic principalities, these satanic principalities that are over these nations that they're very hostile to the gospel. So it's not, Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter six, um, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And then he begins, we wrestle against principalities, powers, and he gives you the total breakdown of what's taking place. So, so They want to keep the people enslaved and keep that in intact. Okay. 
So we go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, and it says, For he hath quickened who were dead in trespass and sin, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we are are we all had our conversations in times past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Let me read this from the English Standard Version of the word. So let's go to that. So the English Standard Version says, and... You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you were once walked following the course of this world, following the prince and power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out our desires and the desires of the body and the mind and were by. power structure that you that you're rude any nation group or people because when you come into Christ old things have passed away um, all things have become new you become a new creation um, that's why he's, the, Paul goes in and talks about there's no Jew no Greek male no female you become a new creation you're part of the body of Christ, when you identify with, you continue to identify with your tribal group, you're still under that system. So here we see that Paul is going out to these Gentile nations. See this in the book of Acts. Uh, there's several cases where he comes against people that are into the magical arts. And this was a common practice that was taking place. This is still even a common practice that takes place. Um, you have people that are in different religions, um, like I say, even um, in third world countries that are in Islam or Christianity. And they fall it to a certain degree. But when they need something sometimes supernaturally to be done it's either folk christianity or folk islam they start leaning back in towards the occult arts for things to take place so paul being in the greco-roman world understanding again uh, we're doing this because you have to understand we live in a postmodern christian age where Primarily what we see in um, with the indoctrination of the amount of magic and witchcraft and the occult that's taking place with um, 
some of the stuff that these Marvel movies push, some of the stuff that goes on in the music industry, the rituals and different things. Um, and even with the internet, people are being much more indoctrinated and wanting to have, um, companies use astrologers and all I'm not saying all but some of them use astrologers um, to map out their way of being successful even a lot of people who've been snowed a lot of um, conservative white conservative um, Christians who uh, begin to build the uh, moral majority back in the 80s were snowed and deceived by Ronald Reagan thinking that he was a man of God and a a Christian, Ronald Reagan and his wife were very much into um, the occult arts and astrology. Um, it's a known fact that his wife would consult with the astrologer and some of the stuff that um, advised certain days that Reagan would take certain meetings and other things and all was based up on astrology. So uh, this is a central key point that is still taking place and is very current day that Paul was taking place in worldview it was very normal to interact with the different gods and and the occult arts was more of a norm so when you see the spread of the gospel of the kingdom starts to take place it starts to shed light and bring people that were once enslaved by these spirits to see the actual light. Now, when we look at the writings of Plato, um, Plato's complete works gives you this uh, description of demons or uh, the Greek word uh, for demons is demons. So in his complete works, Plato states this, he says, He's a great spirit, Socrates. Everything is spiritual, you see, is in between God and mortal. What is their function, I ask? They, or demons or demons, are messengers who shuttle back and forth between the two, conveying between um, the two, conveying prayer, sacrifice from men to God's, and while to men, they bring commands from the gods and gifts in return for sacrifices. Being in the middle of the two, they round out the whole and bind fast the all to all. Through them, all divination passes through them. The art of the priest in sacrifice and ritual and enchantments and prophecy and sorcery Gods do not mix with men. They mingle and converse with spirits. Instead, rather, we are awake or sleep. So here's Plato. He's, he's saying how demons interact. Even when you look at Plato and Socrates writing in regards to the method of acting, channeling um, spirits or the muse being inspired, um, it's spirit channeling what they're, what they're talking about most. And even most modern day 
actors, let's be real, um, some of them that I've Acts 16, because this is a Greco-Roman mindset that is nothing, nothing about because we interact with the spirits, divination comes, comes to, to a point. So Acts 16 and 16 says, and as we, we were going to the place of prayer, we met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. Then Marina, she followed Paul and us crying out. These men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she kept doing this. And Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her the very same hour, verse 19. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged themselves into the marketplace before the rulers. So here's Paul having discernment, having enough sense to know What's, what's taking place also, too, in modern-day charismatic churches and modern-day some, I won't say all, some uh, Pentecostal um, churches that have spiritual experiences instead of testing the spirits, number one, and making sure it lines up with the Word of God. Oh, it must be God. It's supernatural. Um, we put our seal of, um, of and we endorse it and not test the spirits, number one, not judge it, number, number two. Um, we just automatically assume. So this woman is operating under the spirit of divination. She has a spirit of Python. Now, I know very popular sermon, um, Jensen Franklin preached, um, the spirit of Python and how it comes and crushes you and all. It's not talking about like an actual Python that we're used to seeing that comes and wraps itself around its prey's body and begins to crush it. Um, it's talking about a dragon, um, which in the book of Revelation talks about when the false prophet would, would speak as a dragon. So it's, it's talking about the dragon um, which was an oracle at Delphi, which um, Apollo supposedly killed this dragon, and he became the the actual oracle of Delphi, um, which both in Philippi and Delphi would have these female um, prophetesses, which would inhale these fumes or to get in an altar state of mind would take on the spirit and they will be able to um, speak and prophesy and they gain money for their masters even Delphi so much even in most ancient civilization in the temples were the actual bank it was a banking system connected with with the temple so even in Delphi 
they had built it up so much that it was a it was an epicenter of kings would come down to Delphi and talk and get direction from the prophetess there at Delphi, but they would give money. They were increasing in riches and money because of the banking system. But when began to get exposed to the truth of God's word, they began to like, okay, this stuff is demonic. This stuff is satanic. We're going to leave these practices. We're no longer going to practice um, the worship of these gods and goddesses because they're not really gods and goddesses behind them are demon spirits that have enslaved us. Okay. So we have to look also too when we go over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 8. And it states, See it, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. So elemental spirits are the word, the, the Greek word is um, stoke. spirits of the the universe so even when you're talking to people that are in wicca or witchcraft and are you know you worshiping the devil and other things they worship nature but they worship these elemental or these astral spirits you have to be able to know the types of terms that they use so they can connect and try to see see the light so paul is talking to he's writing this letter to um the church of um, there, um, the Colossians, and he's telling them uh, behind these philosophies, behind these these teachings and other things that they're trying to bring into the church, they're driven by elemental spirits. Which we look at the works of Plato. That's what it, what he's talking about. Then we go over to Acts chapter thirteen, verses four through twelve. Paul encounters a person uh, a musician that's into the occult arts and there's a power encounter that takes place because again the magical arts were quite popular during that time and Paul is able to overcome you know because he has the power of the Holy Spirit that's empowering him and he's able to because this man had such power over the governor of that island that he was able to see that Paul, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside him, was able to overcome this evil, wicked, wicked man. All right. So when we even when we look at the different practices of divination that's taking place and astrology and 
um, the amount of witchcraft and other things that's that's going on during that time. Um, early Christian writings and church fathers had to say this about some of the arts that we're talking about and some of the things that Paul encountered. Um, church father Titan said um, in his writings, um, Titan 9, he says, demons invented the concept of faith into worshiping them. So people become ensnared and enslaved to astrology. Um, I have to I have to read um, my astrological sign today or, or um, what's going on for today. And people really get involved in that and they get ensnared. And then they begin to go to these astrologers and they give them a little bit of stuff. And it's documented proof that some people get like these astrological readings that you're going to die in a certain day and other things and all, lies from demons. And they go out. And they commit suicide because they believe the lie instead of like surrendering and repenting and coming to the Lord. They want to get supernatural information from um, from another source and it never works out fine. Um, in Tortillian's um, writings, Apology 35, he states the art of astrologers, soothsayers, augurs and musicians were made known by the angels who sin and are forbidden by God. So when Moses is writing, Moses is giving the Torah, we can see this in Deuteronomy chapter um, 18 verses 9 through 12. It gives you what God, these occult arts, what God considers um, abomination. He talks about um, um, astrology. He talks about witchcraft. He talks about necromancy. He talks about all these different things are uh, abominable um, practices that that occur. So Paul is going out and he's ministering in this type of atmosphere. Um, when we looked at look at um, Lactis, um, Lactinus, Divine Institutes 2 and 16, it says demons invented astrology, soothsaying, divination, and those productions which are called oracles, necromancy, and the art of magic. All right. So here's Paul. Paul is going throughout. He's going to Ephesus. He's going to Thessalonica. The, um, um, Ephesus, we must know, was the epicenter of the occult. Now, we read how the sons of Sceva were embarrassed by demons and pagan exorcists. They use different incantations and other things to quote unquote try to drive out um, spirits, unlike the believers of Yeshua or Jesus. Um, they, by the authority through the Holy Spirit in his name, they were able to just cast out spirits. They didn't have to go through a long line of incantations and calling other powerful different spirits and other different gods and so forth and all. Um, Jesus was unique because he just spoke and these spirits would come out of people. So we see after the fact 
where these demons expose the sons of Sceva and they say, well, Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? And just the different things that they begin to witness that people came. Acts chapter 19. And it's, let's start at verse 17. And this became known to all residents. This is after the sons of Sceva were thoroughly embarrassed and beat out of their clothes, beat out of their clothes to the point that they were butt naked. Um, but he says, and fear fell among them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled or exalted. And also many of those who were now believers came confessing, divulging their practices. And a number of those who have practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it to came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. So eventually a riot took place because these people began to abandon the worship of our Diana or Artemis, um, whichever I believe Diana is um, a tribute to um, the Greek goddess Diana. Um, for the Romans, it was a tribute um, Artemis. It's just um, wordplay, different, um, same goddess, um, just different, different names. So these people come to repentance. They become they become disciples. Um, Paul wasn't trying to. Paul was trying to make. It says, "Go and make disciples." And throughout the whole entire world, it says, "Don't go and try to convert." Like you have people that come over and convert, they don't repent just because they um, are on a church membership road. Doesn't mean that that they repented of their sins, they still can be continued to do a lot of these things and a lot of, a lot of these arts. And spiritual dimension that's taking place that just not in a natural and a spiritual level the Paul is is bringing forth the gospel bringing forth people into the marvelous light taking them out of darkness and they're no longer being ruled by these spiritual principalities who along with Satan and cohorts with Satan which has enslaved them but another thing you have to understand and the Greco-Roman mindset and culture writings of Plato and philosophy when we look at Plato's laws um, 4, 713 and um, 738 principalities but he says it's it's a good thing he says Kronos, the high god of time, was aware of the fact that no human being, as we've explained, is capable of having 
uh, irresponsible control of all human affairs without becoming filled with pride and injustice. So pondering his fact, he was then appointed as kings and rulers for our cities and not men, but being nobler and more divine, namely demons. He acted as we now do in the case of sheep and herds and of tame animals. We do not set oxen as rulers and over oxen or goats over goats, but we are, but we who are of nobler race ourselves rule over them in like manner. The God in his love for humanity set over us at that time the nobler race of demons who with much comfort to themselves and much to us took charge of us and furnished peace for us and modesty and orderliness and justice without stint and thus made tribes of men free from feud and happy. So let's go over to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and we're going to look at verse 8 and it reads when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, which he divided mankind, he fixed borders of the peoples according to the numbers of the sons of God. Let's drop down to verse 17. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to the gods they have never known, to new gods that had come recently whom your fathers had neither or had never dreaded. So we look at Psalms. So he appointed the sons of God, these fallen sons of God over these, their inheritance were the nations. So, and then verse nine talks about Israel being his his portion. So they were governed by these prince, principalities. We look at Psalms 106. I believe we're going to look at verses 37 through 38. And it reads, they served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons, they poured out innocent blood and the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan and the land was polluted with blood. All right. When we go over to First Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 20. 
and it reads, Noah imply that the pagan sacrifice they offer to demons, not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. So here's Paul. He's telling the church of Corinth that these gods that you once used to worship, these Greco-Roman gods that you worship, Diana and Artemis and Sibel and Dionysus and, and, and Zeus, all these gods are really demons that you've been worshipped, you've been enslaved, you've been snared, they've clouded your mind. The god of this world has used his underbosses. He's like um, Satan, and if you describe, it's like the spiritual mafia, so his spiritual um, crime family has capos or underbosses underneath them are these principalities and um, he's the actual godfather, spiritual godfather of, of this world. Um, they keep you blind and ignorant and these things, you're worshiping all these different gods, you're following all these different occult practices, all these things that goes all the way back um, when these fallen angels came down before, during the days of Noah, and even before the days of Noah, who um, made caused the proliferation of evil to even take place because they began to teach mankind um, forbidden things, forbidden knowledge, um, and so forth and all. Um, you are no longer under that jurisdiction as you walk in truth and light. So we have to take that in context in the day that we're living in, that we're definitely living in a post-Christian age where people are following new thought or new age or, or spiritual. Oh, I'm spiritual. I'm, 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 I don't prescribe to any type of religion, but I'm spiritual. And you're into... Um, these occult arts, you're into palm reading, you're into um, astrology, um, you're into um, going to psychics, um, you're into all these different writings like um, books like The Secret and um, all these new age type of books and stuff that you've um, indoctrinated yourself or you go to somebody that you may be in love with um, a man or a woman and you're able to... Um, uh, obtain a love potion or do an incantation um, or even some of these word of faith preachers borderline uh, occult practices. A lot of it is repackaged new age, new thought, occult type practices, but even people that have the desire to make a lot of money. Um, yeah. You, you can draw money to yourselves and just other things and all. We live in that day and time, so we must put that in um, context that the Apostle Paul and his ministry gives us the blueprint how to minister to a modern-day neo-pagan uh, culture that's becoming more dominant more than ever. And let's face it, um, the... What happened in the 60s was not only a culture war that took place, it was a spiritual war that took place where um, the victors was neo-paganism and, and 
um, Eastern philosophy has um, taken taken over and Judeo-Christianity um, was on the other side. But um, ultimately, we win. We win at the ultimate end. We win. It may look like we take some losses, but eventually Jesus is, Yeshua is the victor. Um, God bless. And hopefully you receive something from this lesson.